This episode of the Fabulous Learning Nerds is sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTIs, counselor, and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E. Today's episode is truly special and fun because this week the nerds welcome Danny Whitson, a renowned comic magician to the show. Hold on, what does magic have to do with learning? Well, who better to learn how to read an audience, capture their attention, and keep them engaged than someone who performs tricks for people who are simply walking down the street? Danny shares a lot of fun and amazing stories of the shows he's performed and the tricks he uses to keep people involved. We had a blast talking with Danny, and trust me, there's a lot of great stuff you can learn in this episode. So let's get started! They are the Fabulous Learning Nerds! Cause if you're tired of the old ways of getting it done, you've got the Fabulous Learning Nerds! Scott, Dan, and Abby are making it fun! The best ideas that you've ever heard! So everybody spread the word! They're gonna keep you with turning the Fabulous Learning Nerds! Fabulous Learning Nerds! Oh yeah! Hey everybody, welcome to another fantastic episode of your Fabulous Learning Nerds. I'm Scott Shooter, your host, and with us this week, you love her, Abby Dawson, everybody. Abby. Hey, Scott. You thought I was going to call you Dan, didn't you? <laughs> Maybe. 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 <laughs> So, you know, the interesting thing is I doubt that you're fair to Midland. Are you fair to Midland this week? I'm not sure. Can I say it? Can it be my week to be fair to Midland? You can. So how are you doing, Abby? (laughs) Fair to Midland. (laughs) Fair to Midland. (laughs) Take that, Dan. It's a special moment. Yeah. Everybody's sorry. I know. I know. Sorry to tell you, but uh, Dan Coonrod is not with us today. He is um, entertaining guests. He would rather be with us. I know this. I know because I would not want to be entertaining guests this this week for sure. Are you, are you a guest person? Do you like to do parties, Abby? Are you like the party person in your house? I wouldn't say parties. I'm one of five kids, so I do like having people around. Much to the chagrin of my husband, who does not like having people around, but he's a uh, he's good sport about it. But yeah, I like a full yeah, house. I, I don't like a lot of people in my house. Like you can come on over for sure. And and if you can handle the six dogs that are in my house, for sure, like you can deal with that. But I don't like a lot of people in my house, <laughs> and it stresses my wife out. She gets totally stressed out. Like the day before we have people in the house, it's like, oh my god, like it's got to be immaculate, honey. Your house is clean. No, it's not. Look at this. Oh my gosh. At any rate, <laughs> hey. Um, speaking of way more entertaining things, folks, we do have a very special guest. I'm so excited. Uh, about our special guest here with us today, Danny Whitson is in the house, and uh, he's going to talk to us about what he's learned being a professional magician and how that applies to what we do in the room. And I'm so excited, and we're going to learn more about Danny in our little uh, segment that we call "What's Your Deal." 
Hey man, what you do? Danny, what's happening, Scott? What's your deal, man? What's my deal? Well, I am a professional uh, stand-up comedy magician. So I always add that in there as well, uh, which, uh, you know, I, I think helps reading the room e- even more, as you had mentioned. Uh, but, yeah, I've been uh, performing for, you know, close to 20 years now. And uh, I, I travel all over regional and well, before COVID, it was, you know, all over the country. But, you know, back to uh, regional, getting things back and going, performing shows. So you spent a lot of time in Florida the last year, I would imagine, because <laughs> there was no COVID in Florida. Yeah. That I know, because I am in Florida. None. You would be surprised at there's little small towns sprinkled all over the southeast where COVID just didn't ever really happen. Uh, Never. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I tell people there's a uh, I actually do a bit in my show now based off that experience. Um, so it, it just blows my mind at the different places where you go, how, how things are. Talk to us a little bit about, I mean, at some point in time, you, you learn some magic tricks probably to pick up women. Cause that's what I would want to do. But anyway, tell us how you learned uh, magic and then made it, made a conscious decision that, yeah, this is kind of how I want to make my living. Well, you know, the the strange thing with me, like most most magicians always have a story to where they received like a magic kit when they were a small child and they caught the what we call the magic bug. You know, um, well, that didn't happen to me. Um, I was what you would call a late bloomer. So I was probably in my early 20s, like 20, 21 years old. Um, walked into a magic shop. That's what we used to have back in the uh, 90s. They were brick and mortar magic shops, kids. Um, you know, this is before the interwebs existed. So, uh, but anyways, I walked to a magic shop and a uh, magician by the name of Tricky Nicky, I always give him a shout out. He uh, fooled my pants off and I was just like, wow, my mind is blown. And uh, I've got to learn how to do this. So uh, I literally came back, came back, came back, bought everything I could. And uh, I I just got obsessed. Um, So, you know, which what I want to say, if you learn anything, you know, or practice anything uh, to be great at anything, you have to be obsessed with it. And, you know, practice doesn't feel like practice when you're obsessed with something. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's where it kind of began. And, um, so I spent probably about a good solid, you know, four or five years just learning sleight of hand, learning everything I could about magic. And, uh, then, um, eventually I got, uh, brave enough to, uh, performing magic and you know a lot of magicians will start out they will they will find a restaurant to see if they could work for a little bit to work restaurants to show people magic um i did that a little bit uh definitely it's not the funnest thing to do because um you know well for me it wasn't now there's some guys that make their living full-time doing that but to me i mean you have to go up to people total strangers hey would you like to see a magic trick while you're waiting on your food they're like no get out of here idiot you know it that happens uh but uh but then eventually i got into uh street performing busking and uh that is um there's a saying in in magic especially in the busking world that if you can work the streets you can work anywhere 
So, uh, and, and kind of break down busking for you real quick. You know, um, you see in a lot of large cities, you see a lot of street performers, jugglers, uh, musicians, a lot of people. Well, the, the thing with doing a, a quick magic act on the streets is you have to get total strangers to stop, pay attention, and then pay you at the end. So you, you have to be very engaging with the audience. It teaches you that you have to be very engaging, hold an audience, keep them there. And uh, so, you know, after doing that a few years, then I decided, well, you know, a comedy caught my ear and um, I moved into a, a, the local comedy club in Knoxville, Tennessee at the time and uh, learned stand-up comedy and became a house MC of the club and then after that, figured out a way to combine the two, magic and comedy, which, by the way, I will say this too. also, Scott and Abby, uh, making magic and comedy work. A lot of people think that, oh, it goes hand in hand. Not true. Uh, good comedy is about telling the truth and magic. Well, I hate to break it to you guys is BS. So uh, making the two work was tough, but actually after figuring it out, it, 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 it seems to be working for me. Okay. I have so many questions. Danny. I do too. So <laughs> I need to play the topic of the week bumper because we're required to do so. So let's go ahead, dive into the topic of the week, and then we're going to peel this onion back. I'm super excited. All right. Uh, learning lessons in magic is topic of the week. Um, Abby, go first. Just go. Um, oh my gosh, where do I start? So my first big question I think would be, um, as you progressed through all these, like there's got to be a difference between doing magic for a couple of people on the street versus a room of people. How did you prepare? And then how did you know that your preparation was working? You know, the the lovely thing about magic, OK, is, you know, once you get um, confident with with sleight of hand and uh, it's well, I mean, you don't really truly build your confidence till you perform in front of an audience, because most of the time you're standing in front of a mirror doing this move over and over, praying that no one will ever see it. Uh, but the, the, the good thing about in the magic community, this is something that I, I have to praise a lot is there's a lot of help. So, uh, with me, I, I knew I, I had this hunger to perform. I wanted to perform for people. I was terrified. This is something else. Like people who know me today would have no clue that I was ever be terrified to stand in front of an audience and, and say, or do anything. But, um, a big help for me was, uh, I, uh, he, he's a well-known, uh, magician street performer. Now his name is Cosmo. And Cosmo has done a lot to help magicians, but he basically put out, say, look, oh, I went, I tended to a lecture. I'm sorry. Magicians have lectures too. There's this whole kind of magic geek world that exists out there, but, uh, he held a lecture and I, I watched this man do his street show for, for all of us. And he literally just, it, it was the best thing. And he's like, look, if you want to work the streets, you need to do this. You need to do that. You know, broke it down for me. So I had a good plan based off, you know, seeing somebody very well experienced kind of tell you how to do it, you know. Um, but uh, the, uh, you know, you kind of you, you kind of create a show 
that you think, you know, people with, you know, with it, that you like. And that's the most important thing also is, you know, you don't so much want to do stuff that you think um, they will like. You have to think what you will like. And that's that's how you relate to people. You know, you, you don't make assumptions about people. You say, well, what is it that I like? Well, then surprisingly, you know, we're, we're all a lot alike, you know. So the tricks and routines that I liked turns out that they like too. So that's how the show, the street show kind of started out and, uh, you know, just kind of thing. And also just like, um, I'll say this, uh, any show, any, any stand up or any magic show, it's, uh, always growing and evolving, you know? So when I look back at that, that first street show back then and look to where my show is now, I'm like, Oh my God, you know, but (laughs) I love that. I love that idea of like, Starting from where you you know you like it. That's such a truth to it, right? Okay. I just want to reiterate to our audience that this entire episode is a as an analogy. Okay. <laughs> so as you listen to this, this is great. Like when I'm designing my learnings, hey, I should kind of like it, right? Hey, when uh, as it gets to a place where I think I'm really good at it, hey, I should evolve it and make it better, right? So this is an analogy. I don't want to go get back into it too much, but I think that's fantastic. I want to go back to this idea of busking because I just think it's fantastic. Um, you know, because I don't know where I would even begin to, you know, get somebody's attention on the street. Now, what I don't want to do, like, I, I mean, can you talk to us a little bit about some of the, without giving away the tricks of the trade, right? But what are some of the things that, have helped you or would help those people on the streets, like capture that moment, right? Capture that moment, right? And now I've got your attention, right? And then how do you, and if you can't speak to it, can you, how do I go from that with a moment, like what's in it for me to that aha journey to the place where I've got a call to action, like, oh, I should give you a hundred dollars or whatever I've got in my pocket. So if you can <laughs> there, okay. Well, you know, the, the biggest thing, what I would learn to do, and this was just by watching other buskers perform, you know, is when people would walk by, you gotta be loud, you know, you've got to, you know, you've got to stand out. And so, you know, I would make little, at the time, first starting out, I didn't write my own either. You know, you would see other performers use these street lines that would get people to chuckle, <laughs> you know, as they're walking by. Um, and, uh, but, but Cosmo always said, uh, you know, he would, he would see a kid walking with their parents and he would go up and do a cool coin trick. And, you know, you got the kids attention mom and dad are like, okay, let's stop right here. You know, (laughs) it was broke. I would do the same thing, you know? And then uh, next thing, you know, you've got three people, then you got four people, then you got, you know, then you got 20, 50, you know, it can just build up. But, um, the, uh, there is a trick. Okay. And this is, you know, not to give away anything, because I think if people want to be there, they're going to be there. If they're enjoying the show, they're going to stay there regardless. Uh, but uh, a lot of times, uh, especially magicians, uh, they uh, they'll borrow uh, a bill, a currency or something and do a trick with it. Well, now, once I borrowed that from you, you're not going anywhere, bro, until you get your money. <laughs> <laughs> I got gotcha. you. 
the uh, but then there's the other thing that you're taught on the streets whenever because you, you do what's called a hat line. You, you pitch your show. You know, they don't pay me to be here, folks. You do. You know, so if you enjoyed what you saw today, please drop a little something in the hat. You know, um, well, I was uh, I would always give that line as I would be revealing their signed bill to an impossible location to the audience. And the guy's up there. He's looking at his money. Everyone's mind's blown. I do that pitch line. And now this guy's got a choice. He can either pay me. Or he can look like a douche in front of all these people and stick the money back in his pocket. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I mean, it, so that's just the name of the game, you know. Uh, now, even to this day, I do a I close my show with with something very similar to that, but I'm not working for tips as I was back then, you know. So it, it doesn't matter. But even to this day, sometimes people say you can have this, you know. So it's uh, but yeah, that's that's it's it's kind of like a, a structure. Yeah, I think momentum is so important and recognizing when you have it, how do you, what do you do when you see it kind of slip away though? Or, and I'll be real honest with you, Scott kind of bullied me into telling you, but I'm not a huge fan of magic. I'm one of your like people on the street who's, who's going to cross their arms and be like, I don't know, I'm going <laughs> to, I don't like feeling tricked. But uh, so what do you do with me when I'm out on the street? Well, you know, some people hate magic. I, I showed a guy a card trick one time and he tried to fight me. Now, oh gosh! You know, I probably should have left my voice first, but uh, he was just, uh, you know, that that. By the way, I, I really wasn't showing a guy a car trick in the urinals, guys. By the way, that's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> anyways, anyways, okay. Now, so that wasn't you. I saw the other day. That wasn't that was you, Scott. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, the uh, but um, you know, luckily, luckily, Abby, these days, if you're coming to see my show, it's not because you hate magic. You know what I mean. So I don't deal with a lot of people like that. Now, uh, when you do corporate shows, you do run into people because corporate shows are never fun. Okay, they're usually work. People have to be there. Ted sitting next to the HR manager, so he doesn't want to like get too loose. You know what I mean. So, <laughs> It's one of those kind of shows. And then you do get people who just don't like magic. There's people who do not like to be fooled. They, and this is what it's not about, by the way. It's not, it's nothing against your, your intellect or how smart you are or anything. My goal is when I run into those people is I, I want them to have fun. Cause, cause my show isn't a, I want to entertain you. I don't want to just, I don't want to fool you. You're going to laugh. You're going to, you know, my goal is to crack the shell, loosen up. Life isn't so serious as what you think it is. You know, seriously, really, it's not. I, uh, I'll tell you guys a quick story real quick. A corporate gig. Um, this was this was probably years ago, but it was from some liquor company. I get there and uh, they wanted me to do strolling magic before the show. You know, so I, I'm, I'm walking around 15 minutes while people have their conversations you know, excuse me, would you like to see a trick? And um, I'm doing magic. And none of these people really dug magic. You know, there was this one dude. He was in like, you're not going to steal my wallet, are you? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> fun, kids. And uh, one girl even told me right off the bat, she goes, sorry, I hate magic. And I'm like, man, this show is going to be so fun. I'm going to enjoy this hour, you know. 
But uh, anyways, I got up there and I did the show. It turned out to be a great show. And that girl in particular, no, I never called on her, not one time, you know. But uh, afterwards, she came up to me and she goes, you know, normally I don't like magic, but you were funny. I loved you. So and that was a that was a great compliment. So my main thing is, is like for you, Abby, is, you know, I mean, loosen up. (laughs) It's cool. It's cool. Wow. I think there's so many nuggets that we can pull out of that from a learning perspective, you know, having presence, right? So presence really important. So whenever I um, coach facilitators, you've, you've got to have presence. People got to know who you are. People walk into your room. Hey, you know, and you got to be loud. You, you got to gain people's attention. Um, you, I, I love your idea or your thoughts around um, being funny. Uh, I had a mentor tell me once, like, start them laughing, leave them crying, right? So we start our learnings. If I can capture them by being funny, they will listen to anything and everything else I say because they like me, right? So, and I want people to like me because then at the end, you know, I can lay something heavy on them and it's twice as heavy because they like me, which I think is really, really cool. Um, talk to me a little bit about, or talk to us a little bit about this idea of, okay, so, um, you're, you're going along and all of a sudden that engagement that we build, that presence we give, build, you, you can maybe feel your audience not necessarily connecting. Has that ever happened to you? I mean, maybe I doubt it because you're so awesome. But what, what do you do in that case? What are some tips or tricks that you would do when you begin to feel people are kind of losing it or falling asleep or going to Instagram and you know whatever they're doing? Okay, well, the first of all... Um... My show, luckily, the, the kind of entertainer I am, it's going to be very difficult to fall asleep or look away because uh, I am in your face. You know, I I, uh, I when I come in there, I like to take charge and control of the room as fast as I can. It's almost like that when you go to prison, you knock the biggest guy out in the room. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how my show starts off right off the bat. Uh, now I do that on purposely too, but you know, uh, I'm a high energy, you know, performer and it may come and I may be like that also to kind of break it down. Like I'm not a real tall guy, you know, I'm like five foot six on a, on a great day, you know? So, I mean, I think, you know, uh, cause I, I'm loud. And so, you know, I don't want to be overlooked. Maybe that's it. I don't know, but that's kind of how my show starts off. But I will say this, I will say this. Sometimes, and this is the corporate shows. This is absolutely the corporate shows. Uh, You will go in and even though, you know, your, my show is loud in your face that you will still have people who are real reserved. There was a, uh, there was a, um, there, there was a show I did just a few weeks ago. And this is one way how I pick volunteers. This is going to sound nuts, by the way, and I don't want to tip anything too much off, but I throw a hammer at you in the front row. Tell me if you're going to be looking at your phone there, Scott, okay? But <laughs> this, this, this is what I, I literally throw a hammer, and uh, not granted, it's not a real hammer, but it's enough to get you to pee your pants. So uh, everybody usually wakes up, gets a laugh. We get them up on stage. We have a great time. One girl I threw this hammer at, and I'm like, okay, get up here. Come on up. She's like, no. No, I'm sitting in the front row of a magic show, but no, no, you know. <laughs> so then you kind of have to move to someone else. No, one guy wouldn't tell me his name. No, it was just so in my head, I'm thinking this is totally going to be work. And in and, and what I do, 
Some sh- most shows are fun, but some shows are work. So you have to do the show that's in front of you, not the show that's in your head. You get what I'm saying? So I, uh, I was like, okay, well, we're going to do it this way. Um, and it does happen from time to time. And you just have to work with what you got because I, I think I, I don't want to talk, ramble too much here. Cause I can go on forever on this, Scott, but sometimes performers, when they're first starting out, they like to, they get angry at the audience that the audience doesn't like them. And it's not the audience's fault. It's because they suck. Okay. Um, and everybody usually sucks when they first start out doing something, you know, normally that's, that's how it works. But when you've been doing this for a long time, 90% of the time it is the audience and you have to figure out a way to work that audience. Uh, it may be a work crap show all night long because you're performing in front of a bunch of corpse, you know, but, uh, you have to make the best of it and do the best you can with it. And it's what's even surprisingly after that show, the whole night was work. Oh my gosh. These people were so boring. Bless their heart. It was, it was, it was so much work. And then afterwards, the lady's like, you were so good. We loved you people coming up. And then you're like, really? Wow. I had no clue, you know, but anyways, I hope that answers it somewhat, man. I'm trying not to jump everywhere. No, I think it's great. I'm, I love do the show in front of you, not the one in your head. And I can't I tell you from I wrote it down. I know. It's so great. <laughs> How many times as facilitators, we're going to do the training the way we want and it's just not working and you got to stop. You've got to stop and do the training that's in front of you, not the one that you prepared for. And that may be, okay, everybody, we're going to, well, you don't have this luxury. We're going to take a break. I figure this out, right? We're going to, you can't do that. I can't. All right. We're going to take a 15 minute break and I'm going to figure this out. And when you come back, it's going to be better, right? Or for you're all sleeping because of whatever, you know, I partied, we're in Vegas. Okay, great. We're going to take 10. We come back. We, we I got to do something different. So yeah, yeah Abby, you were going to say? I was also, it's such a powerful message too. Danny, I imagine you got into this because you're passionate about it and love it. But it's still work at times. And I think that's an important lesson to remember that just because it's something you are passionately in love with doesn't mean you're not going to have to work at it. You know, there's I, I'll say this. Um, I uh, and just just to throw this out here, a lot of people don't think about this, especially when you book entertainment. They think, wow, we're paying him that much for an hour of work. Must be nice just to work an hour. There's so much more work that I do that people have no clue or see. Uh, Friday night. Okay. Just to throw this out here. This is my life. Okay. And luckily I have an amazing wife who comes with me on, on, on all my shows, which she's the greatest. Uh, but, uh, I got booked to do a bachelor party, private bachelor party, which is funny enough. All right. I'm a magician at a bachelor party, but Hey, it's becoming a thing. Okay. So, uh, but anyways, I have to drive, you know, three or four hours, you know, and uh, we get there in this place. This was Friday night. I'm driving up the most gnarliest mountain, narrow one lane road. OK, with within it's pitch black. You know, you can't see anything and it's terrifying. You're about to have an anxiety attack. It literally took me 20 minutes to get up to the top of this thing. And it was only four miles. That's how gnarly this road was. 
which just goes to show you, if you pay me enough, I'll do anything, folks. But <laughs> the, uh, there's little things like that, you know, that that come. It's just it's a job. It's, it's just like a job when it comes to those things. I, I tell people I get paid to travel, not to perform, you know. So talk to us a little bit about like what are some of the standard things that you do to kind of um, without talking about tricks, so to speak, but to up to, you know, upset the apple cart. You know what I'm saying? So I think some of the things that I, that I find really important from an engagement perspective is I just want to really kind of catch people off guard, like the throwing the hammer. Great example. Uh, never done that. I, I love that idea. I will go uh, not use a real hammer, by the way. I think they think that that's cool. But other examples where you can just go ahead and like either verbally or not verbally really, really get people back into what you're doing by just by uh, changing up what they ex- changing their expectations. I'm, I'm like, this was, I did not expect this. I mean, magic's easy to do that, but what are some of the things that you found really, really helpful? Well, you know, my, my biggest thing, and I think, you know, some magicians make this mistake and even not just magicians, but uh, people who give speeches, um, you name it is sometimes they come up like they're a uh, above their audience because you're already physically, most cases, standing above your audience. But at the same time, th- that can be difficult to relate to an audience. And for me, somebody who's up here doing miracles, you know, things up, well, I wish I could do that. That puts that makes it even more difficult. So my goal that I've always wanted to do is I wanted to be like, no, I'm just like you. I'm just an idiot up here doing tricks. That's all, you know? So, uh, that's where I think, um, what, what helps out with me is I talk when, when, when I, when I do my, my comedy bits, I'm doing bits that everyday stuff that we can all relate to. So it helps me relate to my audience, uh, better. So if, if I do a card trick, it's just, you know, a guy that's that, that's that's good at doing card tricks, not this amazing master of magic who's way up here and you petty people are way down there. You know, I'm not some, you know. Uh, so, but I mean, doing stuff to where, um, well, you know, there's one there's one trick. Let me say this. There's one trick that, that I, I do in my show. It's a card trick. I'll bring somebody up on stage and we'll build up, we'll build it up, we'll build it up, and then I screw it up. And, uh, I literally, there's a line, you know, that, and of course, people laugh, ha, ha, ha. And I look at the audience and I say, well, don't act like you've never screwed up at your job, you know, and then they like even more, you know. So it's just there, there's layers throughout the whole show to where I, I, I'm human, you know, and, 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 and then you learn also how they begin. Because a lot of people love to see the magician screw up, They're this, especially Abby. I can see it on her face. <laughs> The, uh, but as the show goes on, as the show goes on, you can kind of feel that almost turn somewhat and they, they, they begin rooting for you. You know what I mean? So uh, it's uh, it, it's kind of a process, especially in magic. But I've seen people um, who give speeches. I've been to speeches before and it's just such a, a dry some of the vocabulary they use is like too fancy smancy that, you know, regular people are like, let me Google what hits means, you know? And so, I mean, I think it's all about relating to your audience and just being, being human, you know, being as human as you can be when you're up there. So you said you, you could see it in my face, how I was responding. That's a skill. Um, so you, you said early on, like different places are different, right? Yeah, absolutely. Are there things you look for when you start a, a show that help you gauge this is where I need to be or go? 
always, always, always. Uh, one of the nice things about being a headlining act is you get to see other acts that go before you. And you can kind of start reading the room beforehand. So that helps out a lot. Uh, you'll be looking at, well, this lady is reacting fantastically. Uh, this person right here is a stick in the mud. He's probably not going to be fun because I do a lot of crowd work in my show. I interact with the audience a lot, you know, uh, kind of, you know, go around doing things like that. Um, you can always tell also the, uh, the people that you don't want to, to bring up. Those are the people that are too anxious that, that are too willing to come up on stage. You know, you don't want that person. Uh, you don't want the person who's going to be in therapy for the next seven years because you brought them up on stage either, you know? So if, you know, if I do ask somebody, Hey ma'am, come on up. No, please. You know, I don't, I don't push it, you know? Uh, but then you get that. You always want the one guy or, 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 or lady who's like, okay. You know, you know, the one that, you know, she's not totally comfortable, but she's okay. Okay. I'll do it. You know, that's the one you really want. But yeah, there's things I do look at. Uh, I, I try to read uh, facial expressions a lot of times. You can kind of see who's having a good time. And, and the, the great thing about magic is uh, I love this person. Is when if you look at the person who they could be, you could be looking at a 52-year-old man. And sometimes magic, the great thing about magic is that sometimes it has a way to bring that inner eight-year-old out. And, and, and when that happens to any human being at any age, you can't hide it on your face. It's there. Santa Claus is real again in that person's life at that moment. And I'm like, that's the person right there that we're going to get down with, you know? Really interesting. Um, one of the things I learned early on from facilitation is especially when we were talking about uh, fielding questions, right? The, the best answer is the one that people come up with on their own. And it's a real skill I think to ask questions in the right way to lead people to the answer that I want them to get without saying this is the answer. To help us understand the nuances within magic when you're working with someone on stage, like you, there is an outcome that you want, right? And you're going to utilize your audience member um, to get to that outcome that you want. Um, but you always have this like thing, right? Okay. So, you know, I, I, they're a human being, right? They're, 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 they have free will, yada, yada, yada. What are some of the things that you keep in mind to ensure that you get the outcome and the surprise and the aha moment um, that surprises and delights everybody um, by helping people get to that on their own? Does that make sense at all? It does. And, and this is where it kind of, it kind of falls on the line of, I mean, any entertainer would tell you this, too, especially if you do crowd work and you talk to your audience. Sometimes you get amazing things from your audience that you're like, wow, that was the greatest thing that has ever happened. I've had that happen several times. Actually, I got a few stories if you want to hear them. The Yes. I will. Uh, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, this happened. This happened at a show in Birmingham not that long ago. And it was just a brilliant moment. Oh, my God. It was such a brilliant moment. I was. uh I was I was uh, doing some crowd work with a lady in the uh, front row and, you know, asked her her name. Her name was Shay and Shay was amazing. She was so much fun. And uh, we had some fun, you know, with crowd work, got some laughs. Well, then later on, I brought her husband up on stage and you do the question every time when you bring someone up on stage. You, sir, what's your name? He pauses for a moment and goes, Trey. 
So I was like, Trey and Shay, you know, child named Ray. Oh, married and met. You know, so we had, you know, that was 10 minutes right there, you know, of just, uh, and just that I had, you know, just Trey and Shay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, little stuff like that. But now I will tell you a little more detailed story. This happened. And uh, now, now, granted, uh, FYI, I'm going to tell you guys right now, it's a fart joke. Okay. So uh, if anyone is, you know, offended by farts, I apologize. Um, this really happened. This really happened. And uh, this now it's not on the same lines of, uh, you know, getting to us. I'm, I'm doing a bit. There's a bit in my show that I uh, talk about because my wife's into ghost hunting and paranormal investigating and stuff like that. And uh, I do a bit in my show where I talk about going on a ghost hunt with my wife and I pass gas on the ghost hunt. Uh, it, it, and what this is, it's basically like a haunted ghost fart story. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm, and this is a private show for, and, and this, this, I'm doing this private show and they are loving it. They are dying. And, uh, this one guy in the front row literally fought, is out of his chair, rolling on the ground. Okay. Well, he stands up, hushes the whole room and he goes, I too have a ghost story. And then <laughs> you've heard in your entire life, bro. I mean, it was, and I was like, wow, that has never happened. You know, I, I just got heckled by this guy's butt, you know, and I was just like, this was insane. But now it, it was one of the, I'm going to tell that story the rest of my life now. So, uh, and, and it just made the show and as weird as it is, a guy, you know, passing gas made the show even better. So, it, But I mean, like how engaged does a person have to be to decide, it, I'm going to get up here and fart in front of the whole room. Like you've won them over at that point, right? Is there a better measure? I don't know. Well, if they had tacos before, <laughs> might be really easy <laughs> what I'm saying. That'd be my experience. Like I, I got to fart anyway. <laughs> it was insane, man. It was absolutely insane. But uh, it has been several cases though, though, where I, where I bring people on stage and they'll say something and it's just, it has helped build that routine in that moment even better, you know? So, uh, and you, you just kind of, you work with it when it comes, comes your way. It's like a gift. It's like real magic. If you ask me. Wow. This is, this is great. Um, I, we could talk to you forever. I know Abby's got a hard stop. So I want to be, uh, respectful of her hard stop before, as we start to wrap things up and you think about things that you maybe wanted to talk about, uh, is there anything that you wanted to share with our audience when it comes to what you do that you didn't have a chance to uh, until now? Why don't you go ahead and share that with us? That'd be great. I tell you what, if anybody's out there and and you're you're interested in getting entertainment, uh, whether it be magic, comedy, you know, there there's so much out there resources these days for the learning process. The biggest thing, though, I do want to stress, okay, and this is the scariest thing is. Uh, don't just sit in your room and, and, and don't be a, uh, YouTube, you know, nothing against YouTube, nothing against those things, but you need to get out in front of people as much as possible. So, and that's where you, you build confidence and, you know, you, you, you learn more and more every show you ever do, you learn more and more. And, uh, a lot of people, you know, think, well, I've always wanted to do that. Well, you can do it. You just, you just have to go do it. That's great advice. Yeah, for anybody out there, that's fantastic. We appreciate you coming. Danny Whitson, everybody. 
Danny, could you do us a favor and um, share with our audience how they can get more of you? Absolutely. You can go to my website at dannywitsonmagic.com. I've got all my upcoming public shows to where you can see me. Like I said, I travel. Right now I'm traveling regionally. So uh, if you're around the surrounding southern, southeastern states, you can definitely come see a show. Um, also, I do private shows. So and you can contact me there on the website. And on social media, uh, you can find me on Instagram at supermagicboy on Instagram. And I'm also on Facebook at Danny Whitson Magic and Comedy. Oh, and also, can I give one more plug? One more quick little plug I want to say. Um, this probably late spring, I want to say around April or May, late April or May, I am uh, going to be in a movie that will be streaming on Amazon Prime. Uh, it, it will be, it's called WJHCAM. Yeah, it's a, it's a radio station. So WJHCAM. It's a comedy horror movie. Uh, you definitely want to check it out because it is hilarious. And I play the part of Pastor Sparks, who is obsessed with 1990s uh, video games. So, uh, Scott, are, are you going to be watching that? I feel like you're going to be watching that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have. Uh, I'm a horror guy. Uh, comedy <laughs> horror is awesome. Uh, that's fantastic. I can't wait to see it. Pastor Sparks. Yes. Uh, that'd be great. Fantastic. Uh, thank you very much, Danny. We really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. Abby. Yes, Scott. Could you go ahead and do us a favor and tell our audience how they could converse with us? Guys, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us um, online at our email, learningnerdscast at gmail.com. Email us questions, join the discussion, tell us what your favorite magic trick is. Um, you can also find us at Facebook at Learning Nerds or um, on LinkedIn. And uh, we just want to hear from you. The more, the better. Um, and if Instagram is more your speed, we are Fab Learning Nerds on Instagram. Please come join us. Thanks, Abby. Hey, everybody. If you do me a favor, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Share this podcast with your friends. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Stitcher or any other podcatcher, we'd really love to hear from you. Leave us a review so we know if we're doing a good job or if we need to get Danny back because he was awesome. Uh, with that being said, my name is Scott. I'm Abby. And I'm Danny. And we're your fabulous learning nerds and we are out. Thanks for listening to the Fabulous Learning Nerds. You know, there are a lot of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment of offerings. If you're, if you're thinking of giving it a try, if you think it would give it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com BE.